listening. This is Casually Speaking with Sean Rutherford. Hey guys, it's uh, Sean Ryan here with Casually Speaking. Um, I'm doing episode two of Meet the Monsters. Um, I've got here my buddy here, Sean Lomas. Say hi. Hello. And uh, we're going to just talk about a whole bunch of different things here. Um, We've got a lot to actually talk about here. So um, this one might be a long one. I don't know, but we'll check it out. All right. So let's just kind of get started here. Um, Just to get things rolling, what got you into jiu-jitsu? What got me into jiu-jitsu? Uh, I got into it through uh, an open mat one day. Mm-hmm. Uh, a buddy of mine had been doing jiu-jitsu for a few years. I uh, decided that uh, it's something I might be interested in and then brought me out to an open mat mm-hmm. over in Costa Mesa. Right. Uh, was it the, the old one? Yeah, it was the old the old gym, uh, the original. <clears throat> that one was magical. Um, I think we started at the same time, right? Like uh, around there. Yeah, I think it, I, it was around the same time. I remember... Uh, us getting rolls in uh, that little tiny cramped space yeah yeah and uh but yeah i, I would say like i always think about his graduating classes so mm-hmm. i would say our freshman we were like part of the same freshman class yeah i would say so yeah because we had i think we're like the only ones left from that class too um because i don't see like austin big austin i don't i don't see him anymore yeah greg diaz uh, a couple of those guys yeah i mean yeah um, you know some of them have moved on and mm-hmm. maybe got blue belt blues but uh either that or trained you know moved on to another gym but yeah. But yeah, I think we're the last two. Yeah, I think so. Um, so with that being said, like, um, yeah, I miss that that gym. Even though, like, I love the new Costa Mesa gym. Like, it looks and feels awesome. But I just miss how, like, dingy and dirty the old one was. Like, yeah. it's like, it's so, uh, it was just magical. Like, uh, I miss it. But, yeah. Yeah. You, yeah, but you can't replace that place. I mean, it was really, I mean... There's something about it. I think it was being next to raw talent boxing, mm-hmm. uh, and then classic kickboxing was a couple hours down. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that what was important about it is that we we had a constant flow of just good talent and, and people willing to work hard and train and yeah and having the open doors policy that we had yeah back then it was just you know I felt like anyone would drop by yeah from pros to amateurs so it was great absolutely yeah I mean. That was that was definitely a thing. Like if you showed up, like you got a good roll in, no matter what. Like there was always somebody out there to like kill you. <laughs> um, but now, um, so you're are you teaching? You're teaching over at the uh, the new Coast Mesa, right? Yep, I'm teaching kids classes over there uh, four days a week. Nice. How is that? It's going great. Yeah, going great. Uh, I got my own Saturday morning class, nice. uh, which I just wrapped up a little bit ago, but. Uh, the, uh, the kids' classes have been going great. We've been running the program now for about two years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been on the, uh, with the program for about two years. Mm-hmm. And uh, I started under Matt Salinas and learned a lot uh, mm-hmm. under him. And I'm extremely grateful for everything he taught me. And then uh, and when we relocated to the new, to the new location over um, by, by South Coast Plaza, uh, we ended up, um, Ruben Rivera came over. And mm-hmm. uh, so I started in coaching and teaching under Ruben Rivera for the last year that guy is a killer too like he's he's like one of those jujitsu geniuses like everything he tells me I'm like man I, I never thought of that <laughs> yeah very cerebral mm-hmm. um and I think that's like important because once you get to this level in the game I mean that's mm-hmm. that's where, the, where it breaks down and that's where you start to see that there's really levels to this yeah exactly I mean and also I just on my end, like, uh, since I'm getting older, my athleticism's like, it's not going to carry me as much as it did before. You know, I've got to be smarter. Like that's actually something I'm working with. Um, when I roll, I, I used to just be like a flow roller. Like I'm like, okay, whatever happens, happens. I'm going, and I'm like, no, I gotta be smart now. <laughs> like I'm not going to get better if I don't get smarter. So yeah, he's definitely a good tool. Definitely. I agree. I agree. And that's, that's something I'd say I'm always working on. It's like my retirement game or my retirement plan mm-hmm. for jujitsu. And, and we call it my old man game mm-hmm. um, because I, I know that when I first started, uh, I relied a lot more on my athleticism when I, when I first joined. But mm-hmm. uh, as I aged and picked up more injuries and mm-hmm. you know, tweaks here and there, uh, you start to have to modify and, and use less strength and, and athleticism and, and really start to employ, employ that technique. Yeah. And that's when you start to 
really appreciate the art because then it's about less effort and, and working smarter and not necessarily harder. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> and that was the thing I kind of noticed with you since, I mean, we kind of started at the same time and everything. Um, yeah, at the beginning, you were, because you were like the most fit dude in the class. <laughs> like, and I was like, man, those are goals right there. Um, and then when we'd roll, I'd, uh, that was my biggest problem with you was you were so strong. Like, I'm like, man, I can't get past this guy. And then um, over the years, you got, I wouldn't say less strong, but you got more smart with your strength. Like, and you put me in positions where I'm like, well, that's a no win situation for me. I can't get out of that, you know? Um, and now, um, you're, you're getting into the, uh, the more the conditioning side with, I, I don't know who those guys are. Um, who, who's all that? Um, yeah. So it's Jake Matthews, uh, and a couple of the guys on the team. Mm-hmm. He runs a uh, California sport fitness. Oh, okay. Um, and so, uh, I train with those guys about three days a week um, mm-hmm. with Ruben Rivera and a couple of other folks. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it's definitely helped my game a lot. And yeah. I've seen tremendous improvement mm-hmm. uh, because before I started jujitsu, I would say that I was about four or five days a week in the gym, mm-hmm. um, just trying to get back in shape. Uh, Cause I was coming from pretty bad place before that. And mm-hmm. uh, once I got back in shape, that's, that's when you, that's about the time you saw me starting jujitsu and then mm-hmm. stopped lifting for a few years. Yeah. I'd say consistently mm-hmm. and spent more time on the mats. Mm-hmm. Pretty much traded the five days in the gym for five days, you know, on the mats. Mm-hmm. And uh, now it's trying to balance it out and and add some strength and you know, functional strength has has been great for my game and yeah, it's, it's helped me uh, feel strong, especially when I'm in between weight classes. Yeah, yeah. Um, with that being said, like you are gearing up with uh, with uh, worlds. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, tomorrow, um, how's that week guy going? Uh, it's going great, actually. Uh, so this is uh, first time going up a weight class. Well, actually, second time going up a weight class because mm-hmm. um, I competed a few weeks ago uh, and went up and felt pretty healthy and strong. Yeah. Um, traditionally, I've been dropping down to featherweight, and mm-hmm. so usually like in the low one fifties mm-hmm. and maybe upper one forties. And honestly, that's just pretty hard for me at this age. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, being like a stockier guy, it's just my frame. It's just hard for me to like get that lean and, and feel strong and yeah. healthy and not emaciated. Yeah, it's almost like a, a whole different like part of the game. Like, because whenever I, because I only wave cut twice, I've never wrestled, never done anything like that. And like the first wave cut I did, I literally got sick during my match. Like I was just, I, I got sick for the, the whole week afterwards. My body was like, what did you just do to me? <laughs> and then the second one, I did good, but then my kidneys hurt for like three weeks because I like dehydrated myself too much. So um, it's definitely like a balancing act. I never even thought that would be part of the game, but it really is. Yeah, it's it's, it's really a science when you get down to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the older you get, the, the more... Uh, the more the more intelligent you got to be about it because, mm-hmm. like you said, like you can damage your kidneys. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I definitely felt uh, strain on my kidneys uh, when I dehydrate for certain tournaments. I mean, I think I made an eight pound cut in a day, uh, which oh. took about 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 an hour and a half in the sauna. Mm-hmm. And um, after getting out of that and making weight, uh, I could just wake up. You know, waking up the next morning, mm-hmm. just your, your back, you could just feel it in your kidneys. Yeah. And, you knew it wasn't good. Yeah. So, um, that's um, like that part of that. That was part of the reason I decided to go up and, mm-hmm. and last year at worlds, um, you know, I just, I felt so, I felt fast, but not as strong as I normally would. Mm-hmm. So decided to, uh, you know, enjoy the holidays this, this year. Yeah. And not have to uh, skip on every play at Thanksgiving and, uh, <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and get ready. And that's good. Yeah. Like, uh, well, I was actually thinking about doing a uh, bullpens. Um, and my fiance was like, no, don't do it. And I'm like, what? what? What's wrong? And she's like, you're going to wait cut during the holidays. Like, you're not going to do it. And I'm like, oh, fair point. Uh, enough. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like my kidneys, it's so crazy. Like whenever you see in like a UFC or something like a kidney shot will like drop somebody. Um, I remember the week after um, Blue Belt Blues, someone put me in their garden squeezed and I almost fainted. Like I was like, 
Ugh, I like saw stars and everything. And I'm like, something's not right. Like I got to drink more water. I'll be right back. <laughs> like it's nuts. Yeah. I, I just funny you bring that up. Cause I actually had someone do that to me as well. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that was probably another revelation. Um, I got hard, you know, squeezed really hard in that guard and mm-hmm. it was just clamped down right across my hips and my back. And yeah, you know, when, and when you're dehydrated, just everything, you know, is just not working optimally. And mm-hmm. I kind of feel like, uh, like a rubber band that's been dried out. Yeah. You know, and, oh, and that's I feel cool. like, you know, all my joints and everything are, the elasticity in them are, mm-hmm. is not very good. And, and so I feel like my risk for injury is so much greater. Yeah. And I'm just, you know, not able to perform. So yeah, this weight cut's been a lot better. And that's good. And monitoring it, leading up to it, it's, I feel like, uh, you know, it hasn't been a problem. And, mm-hmm. you know, getting above and, you know, I got up to about 170. Mm-hmm. Uh, just from adding so much bulk and mass. Yeah. And, uh, That's but, good. but now I'm back down to like 161. Mm-hmm. And I think the last time I checked my body fat, I'm about under 12%. Give oh. or take. So, okay. So it's, uh, it's, it's tough. But like I said, at, at this age, it's, it's more about discipline on the diet. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. And than anything else. Yeah. I think I'd, I'd agree. Like, and that's the thing too, is it's like, <clears throat> it's like the risk reward thing. It's like, okay, well we can drop down. But if we get injured, then like, then we're out for a while, you know, cause we're not going to bounce back like we used to, you know, um, it's weird. Like it all happened to me, like on my 30th birthday, like my recovery just left me. Like as soon as I blew those candles out, it was like, peace, I'm out. <laughs> like, uh, before then, like, cause I started in my, my late twenties, I think I started, wait, been doing this for four years. Yeah. 28. That's when I first started. So like, I could like spring back whenever like I'd hurt myself and I'm like, okay, I'll give it two days. Now, like if I hurt myself, I'm like two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> it's just weird. Yeah. But you did other martial arts before this, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I did, um, Kenpo karate for seven years before this. Right. Um, so it was kind of weird. Um, it's, uh, so I was doing that and we never went to the ground ever. Um, and we would do it like, well, I would say like we did it like three times in my whole seven years. And, I was like, well, why, why aren't we going on the ground? You know? And then they're like, well, all you got to do is you just got to be in this position and this position and you're fine. And I'm like, okay. And one of them was a case of Katami. And then the other one was like, oh, to break the guard, you just dig your elbows into the legs. And I'm like, okay. All right. And you know, you don't know what you don't know. Right. So, um, I think I went to an open mat. I think it was a Costa Mesa open mat and I just got like obliterated and I'm like, okay, uh, yeah, this isn't, this isn't right. <laughs> so that's, that's when I signed up. But, um, I ended up quitting the, the karate cause I, I got my black belt and I was just kind of like, well, with striking, once you know, striking, you know, it like it's pretty, it's all the same. You know what I mean? So, um, <clears throat> So I was like, well, I don't know any of this grappling stuff, so I'll go ahead and do that. But, but yeah, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I know that you had a, a karate or a, like a taekwondo or similar background because, I mean, I'd, I'd spent probably almost 10 years of my adolescence mm-hmm. doing taekwondo. And, yeah. And uh, I would say um, I did it during the, uh, during the, the, the glory years because essentially mm-hmm. we had – I mean, it took us forever to get our black belts. I mean, yeah. It took us like 10 years to get our black belts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, I remember starting when I was about seven, and, and it took me until about 17 to get my black belt. Mm-hmm. And I remember tons of, you know, like uh, testing where I had to break, and, mm-hmm. and if you didn't break, you didn't belt. Mm-hmm. And, and so back then, it was a little more uh, strict than, than it is today. So Yeah. Uh, but like you said, uh, once you kind of learn like that striking base, you feel like there's nowhere else to go because you don't get to really practice it at mm-hmm. you know full speed or mm-hmm. really like at a lot in a live situation yeah um, so which i think is what makes jiu-jitsu so effective yeah yeah because i mean i can honestly say that i thought i knew how to fight or i know i thought i knew i could defend myself mm-hmm. before because i knew i strike mm-hmm. but we all knew that if the distance was closed or if i didn't have the space to move um, mm-hmm. to set up a strike then it just wasn't going to work. Yeah. And I was going to lose all my, my power or my strength. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so that's why grappling was yeah. like, uh, it was like, you know, mind blowing revelation once, once I got into it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and that's the thing too, is like, you can go a hundred percent in jujitsu and not get hurt. Like 
it's the weirdest thing. Like you can go full clip, you know, you got to just you tell the other partner first, but <laughs> like uh, you can go a hundred percent and like you guys can be done at the end of the day and, and be fine. But if we go a hundred percent striking, like someone's getting knocked out, you know, and that's, that's rough, you yeah. know? Um, and yeah, I mean my, my uh, karate background too, like, it's so weird these days where people think it's like karate's McDojo kind of stuff and everything. It's a very big connotation, but yeah, like it took me seven years to get my black belt. And during my black belt test, I had to knock someone out. So like, yeah, so that happened. <laughs> like, obviously I know how to do it cause I, I got it, you yeah. know, but, um, <clears throat> but yeah, um, I think, yeah, yeah. I, I remember now, uh, that heavy bag in the corner of the, the room and like I'd, I'd start kicking it and you were like oh a taekwondo right like and then you'd kick it and yeah I remember that now yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so I, mean, I grew up with a heavy bag in my garage yeah so I, mean, mm-hmm. I played a lot of sports but uh, that heavy bag got a lot of work yeah um, it was a good release for energy right yeah if I ever was wound up too much my mom would tell me to go out there and get it you know mm-hmm let it out in the bag yeah exactly i mean and that is the cool thing about striking like yeah you can just five to ten minutes just hitting a bag really hard like you're fine afterwards you know um i think that's the one downfall of jujitsu is like you need someone else to do it mm-hmm. but like with striking yeah you just hit something for a couple of minutes and you're good <laughs> yeah. yeah but yeah what do you think about a uh, combat jujitsu though uh, you know, I really like it because I think that it really brings back the self-defense element mm-hmm. to the art. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I got into martial arts for self-defense purposes. Mm-hmm. And, and one of the main tenets and one of the main reasons I teach kids is is, is for self-defense. And I think the combat jiu-jitsu keeps you mindful about where you're at and, you know, about being struck. Mm-hmm. Because I think that uh, in sports jiu-jitsu, some people will... Um, start to play certain rules or certain you know types of positions where uh, in reality it wouldn't be safe from mm-hmm. you know a confrontational perspective or like a you know like a real life threat perspective but mm-hmm. you know from a sporting perspective they're kind of working rules yeah um, yeah it's, i kind of equate it to like the shoulder roll in boxing you know mm-hmm. it's like, yeah and if you play the, the role just right then you know you can win at, at that rule set yeah absolutely um have you have you gone to Miko's combat jujitsu class? Uh, I have uh, not done Miko's. I've done Ron's. Oh, okay. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, and that was definitely interesting. Yeah, um, I did it with my girlfriend, mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah. and she uh, she does uh, MMA classes once a week. Mm-hmm. So she was all about it. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. She does jujitsu as well, and mm-hmm. um, but granted, I, I didn't. I had to, you know, obviously pull my strikes and mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah. But just a little pitter patters, but uh, yeah. But I think that it's it's great because it, it teaches you just you know how to. I mean, I joke with the kids now. I'm like, protect your face. If you're not protect your money maker. Yeah, yeah. Right? And mm-hmm. I'm always just you know tell them to be mindful of your eyes, of your and just things that like can leave lasting effects on you. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. um, you know, combat jujitsu really makes you understand the positional space, mm-hmm. and uh, and for me, I think that. Like one of my favorite guards um, is like one of the most utilized ones for uh, MMA and combat jujitsu because it's like a Z guard or mm-hmm. uh, you know it's it's a far, it's like a modified half guard yeah it kind of keeps your opponent at bay or at yeah. distance yeah from a strike so yeah that that's funny that you say that because that's also my favorite guard so like now that now that's like clicking in my head I'm like every time I roll with you I'm in top Z guard and. It's rough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, that's why I taught today in kids class. Nice. Um, I had a couple of advanced kids in there. And so mm-hmm. I was like, all right, well, let's talk about, you know, game and, mm-hmm. you know, and safety and, and whatnot and self-defense. And so, yeah, you know, this is the knee shield, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's effective. Like it really, and it seems so basic, but like if you get a knee on someone's chest, like they have to really work to get it away. Like, um, uh, what's your uh, age range for your kids? Uh, we have as, as young as five uh, and up to about 12 or 13. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say our, our consistent uh, youngest kid is about five years old. Right um, we did have like a, a, I believe a three or four year old girl stop by the other day. Uh, mm-hmm. Her dad actually is one of our sponsors. Oh, okay. And, um, and so he had his daughter stop in and, and mm-hmm. do one of our kids' classes and, and she loved it. Yeah. And, yeah. and uh, so I think that 
you know, um, you know, we'll, who knows? We'll see a rack soon, but mm-hmm. I would say consistently about five to about twelve to thirteen. Oh, okay, that's cool. That's honestly like you're you're doing uh, like the, the Lord's work doing that, um, like because I know you have to have a lot of patience with kids too, um, <laughs> and uh, but. I'm honestly though, like teaching the next generation how to defend themselves and everything like that is, is super important. Um, I mean, I think bullying is, uh, is I wouldn't say it's on the rise. I just think it's more public now because of internet and everything like that. Uh, everyone says like, oh yeah, bullying's like, you know, getting worse and everything. I'm like, well, no, you're just seeing more of it now. I think, um, and I think martial arts is such a great tool against that. Um, and it's not because you want kids beating up on other kids or anything like that. It's more of you want kids respecting other kids. And I think that's that's a huge thing. So I definitely commend you for that, um, like teaching these kids, you know, all about respect and everything like that. So, yeah, that's that's probably one of the, uh, I would say, most rewarding parts out of it is mm-hmm. that uh, seeing the, these kids grow from their development. Because I would, we have a couple of kids that, you know, they're clearly the best in the class and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and seeing that their, their growth through, you mm-hmm. know, understanding that they're the best and being able to not only apply that pressure consistently to win, you know, mm-hmm. get past that idea of always having to win mm-hmm. to, to now understanding and having that epiphany that, you know, they're trying to help this other person get better. Yeah. And, yeah. and by doing that, they're getting better mm-hmm. um, because you kind of stunt your own growth. Yeah. If, if you don't allow yourself to get into like the other parts of the game mm-hmm. that, you know, you normally don't play in. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, that's a, that's a great point because like, I think even with, with adults too, I mean, you see it all the time with, um, with newer students and everything like that, they'll come into like open mat and just want to like destroy people. And it's like, well, that's great that you get people at the tap, but like, who's counting? You know what I mean? Like, um, I mean, I get tapped all the time. I'm like, I get tapped all the time. And it's like, I'm still winning though, because I'm learning so much. Like I'm gathering all this knowledge. So it's really good that you're, you're teaching the the youth that because yeah, I mean, I think it's kind of programmed into them early on where it's like, no, you gotta win. You gotta win. You have to win. You know? Um, it's like, yeah, absolutely. But there's different types of winning, you know what I mean? Um, so I think that's really cool. Yeah, I think it comes definitely from the parents uh, a lot because I think that like, parents put a lot of pressure on the kids. Yeah, and yeah. so um, I think that when parents are recording or mm-hmm. they're coaching from the sidelines, mm-hmm. um, I mean, I think that you know uh, they want to. I mean, I know they're trying to do their best and they're trying mm-hmm. to be there for their kids, but um, sometimes it can just you know make it almost too competitive for the kid because the kid's got to go home and yeah. maybe think about that. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it's like, where do you draw the line? Yeah. And, and they're so young still that it's hard for them to know, the, like, you know, it's almost like life or real life versus, you know, like just like practice, you know, yeah. or mm-hmm. rehearsal. Right. And yeah. so, so you prepare yourselves for these moments and, and so these kids are just preparing for themselves. So they'll win in that moment. They have to go, but, yeah. um, but yeah, it's, it's been great to see how, they've been able to, uh, grow individually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I mean, I'm not, I'm not a parent. Um, I won't ever be a parent, uh, for choice. <laughs> I just, I don't want kids, but, um, I love them, but I don't want them, but I, I can see that too. And it's like, they, they put the pressure on it cause they see the potential in their own kids. So, um, I definitely see that, but yeah. And you're right. Like just having it, just have it applied to, okay, you did lose, but what did you learn from this? You know, like you're going to be a better grappler from this experience. Yeah. You lost that big tournament, but like the next tournament you might win now because you got all those tools now to, uh, to apply, you know? So, um, I mean, even us adults, like I think about that all the time, like I haven't won a tournament yet, you know? And it's like, I'm like, man, I wasted my money. You know what I mean? And I'm like, no, like, I actually get way better every time like I go to tournaments, you know? So, um, I think that's definitely a good, uh, lesson you're teaching those kids. Absolutely. Thanks. Appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah, the, uh, the whole competition piece I think, uh, is a moment to really just test yourself and kind of see where you're at. And I mean, I have to, and I'll admit like I, 
I lost a lot in the mm. beginning when I started getting to jujitsu competitions. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I grew up doing taekwondo and karate competitions, mm-hmm. which was like a mix of you know, katas and sparring. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, that was just way different, you know, yeah. as, as opposed to the, the intensity and the pressure that these kids face now with these, these grappling competitions. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and so I commend them for getting out there and, and giving it their all. And, and even if they lose, you know, having a good attitude, mm-hmm. um, because that's really what it's about. I mean, like, I mean, even in life, as we get older, mm-hmm. we, we're not going to win every deal. Yeah. We're not going to win every, um, when that, you know, when that opportunity with that, you know, to get that date or you mm-hmm. know, just get ahead in life. And, and we have to be able to be able to take those bumps um, yeah. and, and keep going. Yeah, frankly, and exactly. If we don't teach it to them young and, and, and a real adverse, you know, adver- you know, adversational situation, then mm-hmm. I don't think that, uh, you know, we're doing them service, mm-hmm. you know, for when they become an adult. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, and that's a good point. Cause it's like throughout life, like, we do have losses and it's like when you, when you think about it uh, over time and everything like that, those losses actually were wins. Cause you're like, I'm glad I didn't get that girl. Like that girl was crazy. <laughs> you know, Or like, or that job, like someone else got that job and then they're complaining all day. Like that job sucks. You know what I mean? I thought it was this, but it's not like, um, and I think that's important where it's like, yeah, it can be devastating in that moment, but then you grow from it. Um, so yeah, absolutely. Um, with that being said, like, where's your where's your mind at right now for before the competition? Uh, I feel really good. Um, I mean, this this year, I feel like I've been uh, able to lead into this tournament relatively injury free. Mm-hmm. I think last year was a little tough. I had um, I like had a hernia that I was mm-hmm. kind of battling, and yeah. I, I learned about like probably like the week before uh, mm-hmm. of the tournament, and wasn't going to bail out and. Uh, but that being said, I think that was in the back of my mind a little bit. Yeah. And and so it's kind of hard not to doubt yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think that, like, in this sport, this is one of the things that, one of the sports that, uh, at least in combat sports, you have to be confident mm-hmm. in your capabilities. Yeah. And going first, yeah. even if that means making them get the reaction that you you want. Yeah. Uh, and then pairing off of that or countering off of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think going first is really important. Yeah. And so... Um, now I feel extremely confident now because I just, I feel way healthier. Mm -hmm. My weight's right on point. Um, I've been getting great PT work over at the OC fight docs. Nice. Everyone's been taking care of me and, you know, just, uh, couldn't ask for a better situation. So yeah, excited. And, uh, you know, got a lot of family and friends coming out too. So nice. Um, looking forward to competing again because it's been, almost a year since I've done a big one. Mm-hmm. And uh, aside from the small, small tournament I did a few weeks ago. Right on. Yeah. And you're doing just the, the no-gi stuff, right? Like, are you doing gi too? Or? Uh, just no-gi. Uh-huh. Um, I, I do want to do some gi mm-hmm. tournaments because I really like the the, the, the problems and the, the situational um, mm-hmm. instances I have to deal with. I mean, when you think about jiu-jitsu, it's like problem-solving, like on mm-hmm. the fly. Yeah. And... and and you're just you have a lot of different like cons- you know, things to consider, mm-hmm. and and it's like I mean you could like break it down in so many I want to say technical or nerdy ways. I mean because mm-hmm. by trade I'm a software engineer, but mm-hmm. I would say like when I'm down in guard, I, like I try to slow everything down. It's like stash report. All right, like, yeah. where am I? At? What guard am I in? Yeah, like what's going on? Mm-hmm. And like what groups do they have? Where mm-hmm. are they at? Where's their weight at? Where's their base? Yeah, yeah. And then you start to add in the key. Like mm-hmm. you just start to add in like little tricks uh, mm-hmm. that you can start to play with and to start to modify those those ground rules that you already know about jujitsu. Yeah. And uh, and I just I love like playing with collars and sleeves and stuff and mm-hmm. while people are just not paying attention on guard and setting up like handles for later. So yeah, I need to do some more gi. Uh, my girlfriend loves gi, so yeah, um, maybe one of these days. Nice, nice. Yeah, like. I thought about doing it. Um, it's so weird because like people are like, "Oh, you're a tenth planet guy. You don't you don't want to do no gi." I'm like, "No, like it's just gi's are expensive. <laughs> like yeah. I, I don't want to buy one. <laughs> like that's it. Like it's like 160 dollars for a decent one. It's like uh yeah. And if you train re- um, religiously, I mean to keep it clean. Yeah. I mean that's I think that's probably one of the things they didn't tell you about jujitsu when you mm-hmm. join is that 
you're going to be doing laundry probably every day. Yes. If, if you're doing it right. Yes. Right? Like you can <laughs> slack and just not do it every day, but... Um, people I mean, are going to start not rolling with you. <laughs> I know, I, that, that meme where, you know, Will Smith is just like, or he's like showing off like, like the, a washing machine. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's kind of like my life. Uh, yeah. You know, ever since joining jujitsu. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, my fiance, she, she gives me a hard time about it all the time. She's always like, your rash cards are always in the washer. And I'm like, I know, like I keep washing them. Like I have to, like, otherwise I'm going to be the funky guy and I don't want to be the funky guy. Oh God. No. <laughs> And yeah, and sometimes when you can't tell if you're that guy or not, mm-hmm. and when you have to start questioning yourself and you start bringing different rash guards in your bag and start changing, yeah, you know, then it's you've gotten to a bad place. So you got to have a good, good, good rotation, a good, you know, washing schedule, yeah, good yeah, routine, so exactly. Like it's uh, those little, uh, like uh scent bead things that you can get like that i love those things i can get them in bulk like the the uh, the downy whatever like you just throw them in there like every load uh, all the time <laughs> like, See, you're lucky because i think that something at, detergent's weird too i mm-hmm. feel like with your ph your in your body and like the kind of mm-hmm. you know ammonia like your sweat puts off like some people's like i'll smell they'll wash their rash guard a bunch of times and they'll come in yeah, and I'll get up close to them, and I'm like, "Ooh, yeah, like, ooh, man!" <laughs> and, and, and you can and it smells clean, right? Yeah, but it's just like it's strong, mixed with their body odor, and it's like, "Wow, this cologne does not smell good on you." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, for me, it's like I have to go with the, the scent-free stuff. Because, yeah, yeah. Like the moment I can smell like some detergent inside my own own sweat, I'm like, "Oh, I can't take it. You can't do it. I can't do it." It's like <laughs> I'm, I'm taking on my own rash guard. I'm like going to the backups right there yeah so yeah that makes sense yeah i know like i just it's one of those things like i i think it was like pretty early on in my jujitsu journey and like someone i rolled with just reeked and i came home and uh, my fiance was like lord you don't oh my god you need to go now (laughs) now go to the hose and wash off uh and it was one of those things that was the moment where i'm like was that me or was that someone I rolled with? I'm, I'm just, I'm going to, I'm just going to bleach everything. (laughs) But yeah, it's, and that's the thing too, is like rash guards and spats and everything are expensive. Like, I mean, I wear spats just cause I have hairy legs and it sucks. Um, but like now, like all my spats are like worn down, like in the knees and everything. Cause I'm always leg locking people. I'm like, I gotta get more spats. <laughs> yeah, no, no, and that gear adds up, and yeah, I mean, and I'll to be honest. I think that they purposely make it ugly uh, mm-hmm. for a reason. Yeah, but I mean, there's only so many like plaid and tie dye or mm-hmm. just crazy rash guards you can collect, and I mean, and that's why you're almost like welcoming sponsors or anyone that'll like you know bring you some gear, and it's like, all right, let's just make it pretty simple, or you know, <laughs> yeah, exactly, but, you know, pretty good, but. uh but yeah, I have some rash guards now, or some spats, especially. I feel like the elastic bands and some of my old ones mm-hmm. have gotten so bad and broken like over time that either that they're either too tight because they're, they don't hold up anymore, and mm-hmm. the elastic's just kind of like falling apart, or the, mm-hmm. the drawstring is either gone or broken. And, yeah, and so <clears throat> yeah, spats go go pretty fast. Yeah, and they're like they're like sixty bucks a pop, and I'm rolling on a budget here, so I'm like. BJJHQ on the way. (laughs) Please sell some more. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, I'm going to try and get away from this BO uh, nonsense. Everyone's probably like, you know, this is gross. (laughs) Um, So with that being said, like, what are your goals uh, in jujitsu other than just keep doing it? My goals? I mean, to be honest, like when I got into jujitsu, I didn't know uh, what my, I mean, I had just some interest in mm-hmm. jiu-jitsu because mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I've been lifelong, you know, as a combat sports fan and, mm-hmm. and also doing, you know, self-defense, you know, like in my adolescence, um, but getting into it, I didn't really know what my long game was, mm-hmm. but yeah. uh, since joining and, and getting involved with the team and, and really feeling like uh, a rebirth mm-hmm. uh, with these, with, you know, with these guys, mm-hmm. um, it really gave me a sense of purpose and, you know, made it where 
I, I couldn't leave in, in, mm-hmm. in a way. And mm-hmm. so for, for now, I mean, and for the last two years, it's just, I've been trying to build my, uh, my reputation and just, you know, establish myself as a committed teammate and member of the, of the squad and, mm-hmm. and long-term goals are just, I think, uh, to, to get into a franchise and, and own my own location or own my own gym and, mm-hmm. and really build, build a team. Yeah. Um, because I see a lot of guys that are, you know, in this for a career and, and for, you know, the, the long term. Mm-hmm. And I mean, some of these guys, you know, they're, they're committed, but they need somebody else that's committed to them mm-hmm. or, they, or they need a gym or they need, you know, a family or a team that's, that's going to back them up and, and mm-hmm. be there and, and through the grind. And, and that's something that I, like, I, I really appreciate, mm-hmm. you know, the grind is, is, uh, something that I don't know. It's uh, people sometimes they can't, you know, relate sometimes like the hard work that just makes you want to quit. Mm-hmm. But like getting through that, mm-hmm. like, it's like that runner's high. Like, yeah. When you finish that, you just, you feel like you climbed a mountain and you're stronger and better because of it. Yeah. And, uh, and so in doing that with the team, I just, I feel like I'm helping everyone get better. Yeah. And, and it's like, I'm doing a service and, and they're doing the same for me. And, mm-hmm. and as I get older, I want to make sure that, you know, I'm able to pass down my knowledge and, and my experience, mm-hmm. uh, you know, down to younger athletes and help them, help them make good decisions and mm-hmm. you know, eventually lead their own career on the right path. Yeah, absolutely. And honestly, that's part of the reason why like, I, um, I started this series. Um, I know it's, you're the second one, but like, I just wanted the, the general public to kind of find out about the community we have. Like, um, cause yeah, you're right. Like the people that we train with and everything like that, they're the most solid people I've, I've ever met. Um, I mean, in our, uh, Facebook, what is that group? The, the private group, like people always like even post things that aren't jujitsu related where they're like, Hey, I need this. Can someone help me out? And there's like five or six people that are like, yeah, dude, down, down, like, let's do it. You know? Um, and, I just, I've never seen something like that before. You know what I mean? Um, I mean, I used to grow up in a church when I was a kid and everything like that. And even then it wasn't a sense of community and that's a church. You know what I mean? Um, then what we're dealing with here, I know I'm not saying jujitsu is a church. Um, they already think we're a cult, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, like, uh, they're really, it's the people that make me keep going, not just jujitsu itself. Like, cause yeah, there are times where I'm like, I don't want to come in. Like, I don't want to do this. And then I'm like, ah, but like, Sean was just messaging me, asking me if I wanted to come in. So if I don't, like, I'm not, I'm not going to do this. Like, all right, let's do this. I don't want to let him down. You know what I mean? Or, or anybody, you know? So, um, cause you're right. Like people start, everyone's like, Sean Ryan, Sean Ryan. And I'm like, it's because of Wes. Wes just yells my name, Sean Ryan all the time. So everyone just knows my name, but it's like, I don't want to let them down. Like, um, I, I didn't go to practice this week and it's like, uh, I got a whole bunch of messages. Like, where have you been, man? And I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm fine. I'm just busy, <laughs> you know? But, um, that's really cool. That's really cool. Um, that you want to start a franchise and just kind of pass it down, you know? Um, that's, that's really commendable because it's definitely hard work and, you seem like the guy that doesn't mind about the hard work. It's about the, the reward at the end of it. That's just all worth it. Like the juice is worth the squeeze, you know? Yeah. Yes. I mean, for me, it's always been about, I would, I'd always want to retire into a service like role mm-hmm. um, just because I'd say like I started my career in my life, you know, in a customer service like role, mm-hmm. you know, helping people. I, mean, I was a lifeguard. So mm-hmm. you're not like selling anything. You're not trying to promote anything. Mm-hmm. Um, you're just trying to help people. Yeah. And, and so, and then I moved into, you know, support work after that. So I think that it's just in my blood and my nature to mm-hmm. kind of like be at service to people. Mm-hmm. And, and this is to me the most rewarding way possible Yeah, because I, there's so many life experiences that I could relate to jujitsu, mm-hmm. um, that, you know, that I've learned and become better because of jujitsu. And, and I gotta say, I mean, I, I tell people this and it sounds cliche, but it, I feel like jujitsu really did save my life and, mm-hmm. and gave me a new lease on life. Mm-hmm. because I mean I felt 10 years older mm-hmm. uh, before I started jujitsu than yeah. I do now yeah. so and you know it's I feel like I'm excited for the future mm-hmm. whereas in the past you know when you don't have like something that pushes you forward and, and tries to make you be better you know, mm-hmm. on a daily basis 
uh, you know, you kind of get stuck or you get complacent. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think it's, I, I mean, everyone says that like, uh, like jujitsu saved my life and everything. And it's like, you know, honestly, like it can literally, and it can metaphorically too, you know? Um, cause yeah, absolutely. Like doing, doing martial arts, as you know, like, um, karate, taekwondo and everything, like there wasn't really ever a point, at least for me, where it was like, there's an insurmountable odds against you. You know what I mean? Like it was always like, okay, there was a problem, but I could definitely fix it and I've done it. You know what I mean? Whereas jujitsu, it's like, sometimes you're like, okay, this guy's 250 pounds. I'm 160. This is going to be rough. And he does rugby. You know what I mean? Like, um, I remember one, uh, competition class in Irvine. There was a rugby guy, college from UCI, and he straight up speared me, um, during like the, the King of the Hill stuff. And he like speared me and I'm like, okay, all right, I, I need to, I'll see you when it's like, you got to be passing my guard, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But like, it's just, you, you, you learn to embrace the problems, you know? Um, and that's something I didn't learn until I started doing jujitsu. It's like all my life I've been avoiding the problems. Like, how do I not do, uh, yeah. How do I avoid that problem? And now it's like, no, no, like let's bring it. Let's see what we can do with it. You know, I might fail, but that's fine. You know? Yeah. And I think that's important is that, you know, jujitsu, there's, it's a, there's a learning curve and there's a path. I mean, mm-hmm. I would say that my first open mat, uh, I mean, I went from, I like to say it's like the crawl, walk, walk, run phase mm-hmm. that you go through, but you, you go from getting smashed to surviving to mm-hmm. becoming a threat mm-hmm. to then actually submitting people. Yeah. And each one of those stages is like, you know, a major epiphany or a major, major turning point. Mm-hmm. your career and your your path yeah and uh and i remember one of my friends who he uh he's been training for a long time now probably about nine years he's a brown belt up at el nino mm-hmm. and uh yeah i'll never forget this story but he, mm-hmm. he said that he, he got his when he got his first tap in class uh he was training with gilbert melendez at the time and oh, wow. one of his training partners um he just i guess he had this look of euphoria on his face mm-hmm. and, and he and he looked over and made eye contact with Gilbert mm-hmm. and Gilbert said, feels good, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, um, and, and like, I just remember like that story and, and like that sat well with me because I mean, when you're in jujitsu, like, especially the older you get, you start to realize that certain challenges, you know, you can be proud of, you know, mm-hmm. if you overcome them. Mm-hmm. Right. But then there's like other challenges that, you know, for example, if I, if I, were to wrestle someone 30 or 40 pounds lighter than me and tap them. Mm-hmm. I mean, like you don't like putting that on your mantle is, is not as, yeah. you know, you don't feel as proud. Yeah. So, but you know, at, like to your story though, it's like when you're stuck under that 50 you know, pound, you know, weight difference, yeah. uh, you know, surviving, mm-hmm. you know, or, or just getting out of that position is a win. Mm-hmm. And, and like, even though you didn't like win the round or you didn't win or get the tap, Mm-hmm. I mean, you won in life. Like mm-hmm. you got through a position or a situation that a lot of people were just giving up on. Yeah, and uh, and I and I think you know honestly, every black belt that puts me in in that position, you know, mm-hmm. that open mat on Sundays. Yeah, because uh, some of those guys I feel like try to kill me. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and, and it's and it's like I'm not submitting them yet. And sometimes mm-hmm. if I catch you know them like their back or a position on them, it's in a transition, but. I know that I'm closing that gap yeah. you know, slowly you mm-hmm. know, as an athlete yeah. and as a practitioner, but mm-hmm. I know that I'm also growing you know, yeah. as an individual. Yeah. I mean, I, I tell, I tell Wes all the time, whenever I roll with them, I'm like, my goal is not to submit you. Cause that's unlikely that I'm going to do it. But my, my goal is that you remember that role. Like where you're like, yeah, I did get him, but dang, that was, that was not fun. You know, like I just try to make it, as inconvenient as possible before they tap me, you know, um, especially when there's such a skill difference, like with Ron, when I rolled with Ron way back, like I was like, my, my goal is just, yeah, you're going to remember me at the end of it. Like don't tap compression. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Andy did that to me once. Oh my God. He tapped me with a neon belly and I'm like, how, how is this so terrible? And like I tapped and he was like, nope, you don't get to tap to this. Like you have to get out. And I'm like, 
Okay, fine. And that that's part of the whole problem. You know what I mean? Like I was running away from the issue. Like I was tapping. He's like, no, you have to stay here. Like I'm not moving. And that's like, okay, well I got to deal with it now, you know? So, cause this is terrible. <laughs> yeah. I think he had me in a judo side where I think he was targeting my liver. Yeah. And I was just like, how is this so painful? And, <laughs> yeah. and I, if I remember, you know, coach Ron telling me that he was injured at the time, I'm like, this man's not injured. He's sandbagging on me right now. <laughs> yeah. This guy's trying to kill me <laughs> yeah. in his pants. Like, yeah. Like, he felt like splinter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. It's funny. Like, uh, Ron said once uh, during a class where he's like, I've forgotten more techniques than you'll know. And I'm like, yeah, that, that makes sense. <laughs> like they call him dirty Ron Turner for a reason. Exactly. I mean, he's got all these tricks up his sleeve. I mean, he's got a wrist lock from everywhere. Exactly. Now he arm barred me when I was in, he was in my guard and he arm barred me. And I was like, how and he's like oh well i mean you just you you master the mechanics of it you can find them anywhere and i'm like yeah but i'm not there yet (laughs) i remember ron doing this this was like uh one day an open mat and we had a guy that came by and um guy said he was a white belt hadn't trained before and Mm -hmm. trained with us for a little while and um even competed underneath our banner once and i mean maybe if I give enough hints, people will probably try to like make conclusions who it was. But mm-hmm. he, I mean, in one of his first tournaments, he put somebody to sleep in a standing guillotine. Oh, and wow. uh, so the kid was pretty legit. Uh-huh. And mm-hmm. uh, I remember him and Ron rolling one day at open mat. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and this was a, when he was still a white belt mm-hmm. and um, they were both on their knees and kind of, you know, in that obligatory, hand, you know, fist bump, handshake stance. And, and he kind of just sat there with his hands out and Ron just grabbed his wrist and like in this, awkward position and the guy like like involuntarily did like a front flip Mm -hmm. like off the side he had to do a front roll yeah um because the way ron just grabbed his wrist yeah and the guy looks like he had been assaulted like (laughs) he had no idea what happened to him Mm -hmm. and and i was just sitting there in complete awe Mm -hmm. and and that's just like that's the kind of you know the the tricks that you learn and and when i say there's levels to this yeah there truly are levels to this and yeah and it becomes about using you know like the experience mm-hmm. and like the understanding of balance and weight mm-hmm. and and position yeah and and like and that's when it, you really start to see that this is truly uh, a martial art that is you know diverse and mm-hmm. um, in the sense that it it, it applies and, and works with different body types and mm-hmm. different physicalities yeah absolutely yeah i mean it's especially just going back with Ron, like uh, I rolled with him recently and you know, I've been doing this for four years. I don't get like panicked at all. He panicked. I, I panicked tapped with him. Like I was just, yeah, I was in such deep waters with him. I was like freaking out. And like, I had to like collect myself. I was like, Oh my God, like I'm spazzing out right now. Cause like, he's just getting me so frequently. Like he tapped me within like, five seconds like 10 times and like I was just it was just so much of the like oh my god I'm gonna die I'm gonna die I'm gonna die and like it's just so funny because I think I grew a lot from that now too because now I can go out to those deep waters and I'm like okay it's fine it's not wrong it's fine (laughs) but yeah he's he's something else um but yeah sorry I'm drinking a lot of water guys if you guys hear this in the recording my bad (laughs) But yeah, I mean, um, I did want to, you mentioned this before the podcast and everything like, um, like your overall fitness journey, like you had, uh, you had started out at a certain weight and then kind of shrunk down and everything like that. You want to elaborate on that? Yeah. Um, yeah. So at one point in my life, uh, let's say, uh, I got up to almost like 200 pounds. I think it was about 195 pounds. Mm -hmm. Uh, and if you know me, I'm not a very tall, uh, big guy at all. Um, probably about like five, 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 six, mm-hmm. you know, third bill me, mm-hmm. <laughs> build, build at five, six, five, seven, maybe. <laughs> and, uh, but that being said, uh, 195 pounds was pretty heavy for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and so it was pretty hard on my body and my joints and, mm-hmm. and just overall, uh, it just wore me down mm-hmm. because I was an athlete most of my life and. I felt like that I was constantly battling, just trying to keep my weight down. And, mm-hmm. and it wasn't in the sense of that I was like 
heavy and, and just like had a lot of just mass um, mm-hmm. or just like fat or just adipose tissue or whatever. But it was just that I was stocky and bulky. Mm-hmm. And and so when I stopped being an athlete you know, in college, mm-hmm. you know, I played lacrosse. And when I you know, stopped being uh, an, you know, an athlete that trained you know, almost year round, uh, I definitely went through a tran- transitional phase from mm-hmm. a body type perspective. Yeah. And uh, I went, uh, I would say I, I started dad botting pretty quickly. Oh, yeah. And, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden I felt like, holy cow, I was there. Mm-hmm. And um, I had to, I, I think it was either an appendectomy surgery or uh, it was a hernia repair that I had to have done. And mm-hmm. um, I remember being on a bed scale and then they told me that I was about 195 pounds. Yeah. And it kind of blew my mind at that point. Yeah. And looking back at some old photos, I can mm-hmm. see that, you know, where it was coming from. I was just like, yeah, I was just filled out everywhere. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I felt like that was always something that I kind of battled my whole life. Mm-hmm. Like I never had like a six pack or, you know, mm-hmm. a super shredded or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And, um, over time, uh, you know, it kind of just like wore me out and just kind of like got me to the point where, I, I just accepted the fact that I was never going to be that kind of athlete, mm-hmm. right? I was completely a mesomorph, maybe an, even an endomorph, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And uh, But definitely not, not like that shredded physique. Yeah. And uh, and back then, I was, when I was a kid, I, I started lifting early. I mean, mm-hmm. My dad got me into weightlifting when I was probably a freshman in high school. Mm-hmm. And because uh, I played hockey and lacrosse, and then prior to that, I played baseball and football. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so... I was always trying to be a strong athlete and mm-hmm. a fit athlete. Yeah. But, you know, looking at muscle and fitness and all these magazines and stuff growing up, yeah, I was never going to be like that, um, that model type physique. Mm-hmm. So, you know, after you kind of accept that over time, you kind of, I don't want to say you, you stop like caring so much about the science of, of the training, but, um, I would say that, uh, that 10 year span that like I, pretty mm-hmm. much was dad botting it mm-hmm. um you know i kind of neglected the science around you know really carb intake and mm-hmm. carb you know and understanding my carbohydrates yeah and uh my dad was diabetic mm-hmm. and you know that with him being diabetic and, and understanding like the, the issues that he was going through mm-hmm. uh it kind of brought me to more awareness around my carb intake in general mm-hmm. and so uh, I was in probably the wrong relationship for some for too long, I guess you can say. And mm-hmm. after getting out of that, uh, and you live on your own, you start to, um, you, obviously, you start to care for yourself in every every way, mm-hmm. and uh, that includes cooking for yourself. And mm-hmm. and prior to that, I had a an allergy panel done, mm-hmm. and ironically, I'm allergic to a lot of different things, mm-hmm. uh, food wise, mm-hmm. and uh, so it made it easier for me to kind of reboot my diet mm-hmm. and go through a food elimination yeah. at the same time and say, okay, well, you know, I barely eat for myself or barely cook for myself now, or I need, I need to start cooking for myself. And like, mm-hmm. what, what am I willing to cook? What can I eat? Won't, what won't make me sick? Mm-hmm. And so, um, at that time I, uh, started just, you know, trying to watch what I was eating and it, I saw some improvement, but mm-hmm. I knew at that point I, I needed to hire a trainer. Mm-hmm. you know, just to kind of get back on me because mm-hmm. I knew that when I was in college, we had a, a professional trainer that trained us in the off season and mm-hmm. you know, I always saw my, you know, biggest gains and my most improvement during that, that time. And yeah. plus I, I like that whip being cracked on me because it's hard to motivate myself to really yeah. push myself to get, you know, the maximum effort. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so I hired a trainer for about three months. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and she killed me for those three months. Mm-hmm. I remember uh, puking my brains out the first couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah. Um, like her leaving, uh, mm-hmm. you know, workouts, and and then me barely like rushing to the trash can on the toilet. Yeah. Uh, so I wasn't going to embarrass myself. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but yeah, I mean, during that time, um, it was just cutting down my carbs, mm-hmm. and and I wouldn't say like going to a full on ketogenic diet, mm-hmm. but I call it like a like a caveman light diet or a keto light diet. Uh-huh. And then um, I got to a point where I wasn't eating enough because mm-hmm. I was training so much. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I eventually got to a point where I had to start like eating enough food to kind of fuel my activity. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, but one of the things that really kind of kept me on track was that she made me keep a food 
diary. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I used a couple of different apps and a couple of different, um, tools like a smart scale and in mm-hmm. my fitness pal to track all of the food that I was eating. Yeah. And, uh, and I gotta say like that probably alone, um, using the app and then like really logging everything that you can eat mm-hmm. and understanding everything from a macronutrient level yeah. on a daily basis. It, it kind of retrains you. Yeah. Like, I would say that you have to do it for 30 days, or I think that's what they say to create a habit is 30 mm-hmm. days. Yeah. Um, but after doing that for a few months, mm-hmm. I think it really you know, singed in my memory, mm-hmm. you know, what is appropriate for, in, in, you know, in a day yeah. and how much sugar, how much, how many carbs and, mm-hmm. and what can I eat throughout the day. And, yeah. and now I'm able to kind of maintain, you know, a healthy weight or what I think is, you know, like acceptable so mm-hmm. when i want to go compete i don't have to like shred a bunch of weight and mm-hmm. um but at the same time not feel guilty if i want to eat some carbs late at night so yeah but uh it's it's it was definitely like an education and mm-hmm. a learning but it's honestly the, probably the best thing in the world for me yeah i mean i honestly I'm, I'm glad you kind of you you delved into that because i remember when we first started like uh, I saw you and I was like, dude, that's goals. Like those are, those are some goals right there. And like how you look and everything like that. And I'm, I'm taller than you. So it's harder for me to like really look muscular. I, I hate it, <laughs> but like I, w- I would see you and I'm like, dang, those are goals. And like, um, I'm glad you say like the whole calorie count kind of thing uh, or just the, the fitness apps and everything. Uh, just cause you just become more aware of what you're actually putting in your body. Like, um, for me, my family, we're always, uh, we all start very skinny. Um, and then we just get, we balloon, um, later, uh, my, my come to Jesus, Jesus moment was, um, I mean, I used to be in a band and everything like that. So drinking was a thing. Um, and it was, a and then it was like, I wasn't even in a band anymore, but drinking was still a thing. (laughs) And, uh, I, I was at a party and it was literally one of those, those moments in, uh, in movies where I was washing my hands. I just got done, you know, doing my business and washing my hands in the bathroom. And they had one of those like big, long mirrors. And I looked at myself and I'm like, holy crap, dude, I got, I have a belly. And like, I tried to suck it in and I'm like, no, that's, there's still a belly, you know? Um, and at the, at that point, uh, my sister, she had been doing uh, kickboxing classes. Um, she had two kids, so she actually had an excuse. Like she needed to, you know, reboot her her body. Um, and she would always ask me to come, and I'm like, Nah, I don't need to do that. Like, I'm skinny. I'm always gonna be skinny. And then I'm like, I'm not, you know. And then like I would look at pictures, and I had like the double chin going and everything. So um, yeah, I would do kickboxing until I threw up. Like literally the goal of the, uh, the class was how long can I make it until Sean throws up? You know what I mean? So, um, but even getting into like the weight cuts and everything like that now, um, like, yeah, my fitness pals and everything like that, that really helps. That really does. Cause I was like, what am I putting in my body? I can't remember like what I ate yesterday and then I can, I can see it, you know? Yeah. So I think that's, that's a great point. And you're one of my, um, like my, my dudes that I kind of look up to with your fitness and everything like that. Cause you're pretty stacked and everything. You're pretty strong. Um, I see those, uh, Instagram stories and everything like that. When you are working out, I'm like, dang, he's lifting like three of me, you know what I mean? So, um, it's really cool that you kind of delve into that. And, um, it actually surprised me when you're like, yeah, I was, I was overweight and I'm like, when <laughs> you know so um i was like overweight and just muscle mass or, i don't know but um yeah that's really cool that's that's awesome <clears throat> but honestly though like with our age and everything like that i think all it just everybody has that moment where it's like the dad bod comes creeping in and it's like you have a decision like are you gonna do something about it or are you just gonna let it ride out you know what i mean um so like, cause I have a, I have a sister and I have a brother and my sister, she's pretty into fitness and everything like that. Um, again, she's got two kids, so she does it whenever she can and everything. Um, and she's now into uh, CrossFit, which I know there's like connotations with that and everything like that, but like, she'll, she'll hit me up and she's like, Hey, I just bench press this. And I'm like, dude, that's, that's awesome. You know what I mean? But then like on the other flip side, my brother, 
that he doesn't do anything. And like, it's, it's funny. Like I'll, I'll show people like pictures of me and my brother and it's like, we're twins, but it's like the two different roads that we took. Like he's completely not fit. And I am, and I'm sorry, Steve, but I'm going to put you on blast. Go work out. <laughs> but <laughs> so it's like, oh, dang, it got hot in here. <laughs> but um, yeah, like, it's just, it's crazy. Cause like, it's, it's one of those moments where it's like, okay, well, like, are you going to do something about it? Or are you just going to let it ride out? You know? Yeah. I think that you really have to do something for yourself. And yeah. I think that's like one of the, the key things to, um, dignity having self-respect and dignity for yourself and, mm-hmm. and you know pride is, is that you have to take the time and do something for yourself mm-hmm. and i think that when i started at least taking some control of my physical fitness mm-hmm. um I, I felt like i was at least in control of my destiny mm-hmm. going forward because i mean i lost my parents you know young and mm-hmm. like i mean they're they you know died relatively young and and some of it, and if you look at my family history, a lot of it was heart disease, and mm-hmm. um, I wouldn't say well, all of it was like cho- life choices, but some of it, you know, may, may have been mitigated through certain choices, you know, through, mm-hmm. throughout you know their lives. And and for me, it's like, like I I think of the old sayings like, "Would you rather burn out or fade away?" Yeah, and. Like I think of you know individuals and athletes like guys like Randy Couture, you know mm-hmm. who. It was still going hard and like, mm-hmm. you know, jumping, you know, had a hard episode and walked himself into ER and, yeah, you know, and, and like, and still here today and, and still living, a, you know, a, a good life. And, yeah. And I think that's really what it comes down to is the quality of life that you have, like, you know, it, towards the end of mm-hmm. you know, your, your chapter or your, or your story. And I think that, uh, you know, like, if you want to improve those, you know, the, the back nine, you know, yeah. of those years and, and like, and, and just go out with a bang. I think that's, you know, set yourself up for success and, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah, I'd rather be, you know, limping and, and hobbling around, you know, on a regular basis or feel like I've been mm-hmm. put to the ringer. But I mean, like I said, the juices, like you said, the, the juice is worth the squeeze. Yeah. And like, I, I, I gotta say it's, um, for every time I have to go to the, the fight docs to, to get adjusted or to get, you know, therapy or, or to get worked on, you know, it's, I, I still feel younger because of it. Yeah. I mean, like I, I don't feel my age at all, you know, not even the slightest. And, yeah. and so it's, I gotta like I say, it's, it's a new lease on life for sure. Yeah. I, I, I gotta go there cause I definitely feel five years older than I should be <laughs> my back. It's my back. Um, but no, really, I think, uh, it's, it's like, it's like you're setting up a retirement plan for your body, you know, like you're investing in yourself so that later on you can still do a portion of what you're doing now, you know? Um, cause I mean, yeah, my, my parents are, um, they're both still alive, but, um, just recently my mom, she's, she's in the hospital right now actually. Um, and she's dealing with some stuff and it's, it's kind of eye opening Um, cause it's like, you're right. It's the decisions that you make now um, that affect you all those years down the road. And it's like, okay, well, you got to make a choice. Like you can be comfortable. You can kind of be listless in these years and just kind of let life happen to you. Or you can, you can make life do what you want it to do, you know? Um, and it's weird. Like, cause people think, well, that's just fitness. And it's like, yeah. But like, once you have a control of that, you have a control over a lot of things in your life just because you're in control of your own body. You know what I mean? So um, you can kind of carve your way through what you want to do in your life. You know what I mean? So Yeah, it's the foundation of of really just of of success. I I mean, Mm -hmm. because, I mean, if you're healthy physically, then your your mind's going to be in a better place. Mm -hmm. And then you're able to just make better decisions or or feel more confident in your decisions moving forward. I mean, yeah, it's definitely, uh, it's like one less thing to worry about. For sure. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, and that's the thing is, I mean, you're right. Like I've, I mean, I work in an office, so I don't do much. I literally just sit down in a cube and I'm, I'm doing spreadsheets and everything like that. But it's like, if I eat crappy the day before and I don't work out like that day in the cube is hell, you know what I mean? And then it's like, ugh, you know, but like you do fitness like 
you do weightlifting, uh, you do jujitsu and everything like that. And you do that the day before and you eat healthy and everything. Like you feel good about the work that you're doing in that cube. And like, it's not sexy. It's not cool. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, I work in a call center. Uh, Awesome. You know, like people would hate that, but it's like, you start to find the things that make that job really cool, you know, because you did everything for yourself the day before, you know what I mean? So you just kind of ride off that wave. Um, but, but yeah, um, shoot, I don't know what else to talk about. <laughs> I don't think cover it all. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, honestly, it was, it was great having you. Um, believe it or not, we've been talking for a whole hour. Um, so I don't do Joe Rogan three hour things. I don't know how that man does that. Um, <laughs> but, uh, it was awesome talking with you, Sean. Um, hopefully we can get you back in another episode. Um, yeah. but yeah, Appreciate it. thanks again. No worries, man. Um, so I'll catch you guys later. Uh, hope you guys enjoy this episode. Hey guys, so um, wanted to give a quick shout out to uh, lethalclothing.com. Uh, these guys are uh, um, a buddy of mine. Um, he does some good work, um, has some cool cool clothing. Um, it's actually more for the uh, the fitness side of things um, instead of jujitsu related here. So um, if you want a little change of pace, a little bit of different uh, clothing, um, check out lethalclothing.com. Um, if you enter the code word lethal20, you get 20% off. And what's really cool about this uh, company, guys, is a part of each purchase that you uh, get from them, they uh, actually donate some of that purchase to uh, ALS and MS Research. So if you want to feel good about doing something good, um, other than just putting money in my buddy's hand, um, I think you should definitely check them out. And uh, yeah, tell them I sent you. All right. Hey guys, thank you for listening to my podcast. Um, I got another sponsor, um, and it's from one of my fellow guests on the podcast, uh, Dribbles um, Company uh, Jits and Giggles. Um, just check them out on Instagram at Jits and Giggles, um, and throw them a DM if you want to get some cool jujitsu-related uh, clothing. Tell them you got uh, sent there by Casually Sean Ryan, and uh, he'll give you a a good discount. So um, go ahead and go check him out. Um, I have a couple of his clothing, and I wear it all the time. It's great. Um, So yeah, yeah, go check him out. Jits and Giggles on Instagram. Thanks, guys.